All right, Four Oaks Church, here we are Thursday morning, and our very, very special guest, Dr. Greg Allison, he and his lovely wife, Nora, have been with us all weekend. Um, Greg met with our, with our elders. Nora met with our women's ministry leaders. Uh, Greg has done a couple of events at our various congregations, but on Saturday, we were so um, honored to have him host him on Saturday morning here at Killarne, where we talked about the Book of Romans and Roman Catholicism. And um, we took questions, and needless to say, um, we, could have, we could have been there all day, all <laughs> afternoon, continue to answer questions. So we've been working through some of those here during these pastoral devotional times this week. Um, Greg, what, it seems that one of the things that really sparks people's interest in this topic, okay, is not just theological, although it's that, but it's also very personal. Um, people, uh, particularly for those who've come from a Roman Catholic background, yep. um, those who still have family members who are Roman Catholics, those who might be married to a, to a Roman Catholic. And I think a lot of times, um, while they might have clarity about the big picture issues that separate um, Protestantism from Roman Catholicism, people aren't always quite sure what that means in practice. How are they to relate to um, their, their family members, their friends? And so um, maybe just a question to begin with, okay? Mm -hmm. How should we as Protestants view the Roman Catholic Church? So mm -hmm. in other words, um, particularly when we think about Paul, um, his admonitions to if anyone is preaching a different gospel, mm -hmm. you know, anathema, what, how should we think about the Roman Catholic Church? Because I think that's maybe the first hurdle that people have to work through. Uh, yes, so we're going to distinguish between doctrine and practice, the okay. outworking, okay? Uh, I would assess the doctrine of the Roman Catholic Church not in the areas of commonality, like we talked about, Trinity, Christ, Holy Spirit, things like that, but in matters particularly relating to salvation and the Church, I would assess the doctrine as false. Okay. Would say that the official doctrine, the official presentation and message of the Roman Catholic Church, would we would say, with Paul, it's a different gospel. Okay. Now, how does that work out in practice? And this is where I came at it on Saturday. It was, let's look at the individual Catholic parish. And I talked about someone that was there Saturday who in Rhode Island was part of an evangelical Catholic parish. Okay. Right. So you may even have the reality of a priest who grasps the gospel, is very evangelical in his doctrine. And you would say, here people, maybe despite the official doctrine and structure of the Roman Catholic Church, they could hear the gospel and embrace Jesus Christ. That would be an assessment of mm -hmm. a particular parish. And certainly then you could do that with individual Catholics. Uh, I would refuse to paint with broad mm -hmm. strokes, all Roman Catholics right. are saved, or all Roman Catholics are condemned to hell. Right, we, we don't have to make those kinds of pronouncements. In fact, you and I can't make those pronouncements. Right. That, that falls to Jesus, right? right? But we can say, so this individual Catholic uh, family member or friend or colleague or neighbor, what is his or her understanding of the good news? 
right? And so we would want to understand that and then say, how can I best uh, love this person, pray for this person, share the gospel with this person? Yes. So that would be the difference between doctrine, the, the yep. structure, and Absolutely. then practice what it, actually how it works out. Yeah, I think some people, um, a lot of Protestants, have a hard time with this and yep. have a hard time yeah, they do. Yep. understanding how someone who could be born again yep. could remain in a place where it seems that the teaching on many vital areas is, is not biblical. Yep. Um, but I have heard certain people say who've come from evangelicalism into Roman Catholicism say, even say things like, well, I know what the Roman Catholic Church teaches on this point is not right, but I'm still choosing yes. to move. So why, why does that happen? Why do people do that? Those who have uh, been raised in a Protestant or evangelical church or have been members uh, of a Protestant or evangelical mm -hmm. church, uh, steeped in the Bible, sound theology, if they leave that church and become part of the Roman Catholic Church, they obviously look at the differences and the inconsistencies and we would say the unbiblical positions mm -hmm. for example about mary mm -hmm. that we do find they find in the roman catholic church so they become kind of pick and choose catholics mm -hmm. uh, so we would have to say th they're not good catholics in the sense of yeah. embracing the whole thing but they uh, separate uh, over they, they're part of the roman catholic church but they don't buy into these positions that are clearly unbiblical and uh mm -hmm. okay we can understand that why why they would do that it's for me uh, to remain in a catholic church can be dangerous mm -hmm. uh the more and more they get into it and perhaps continue to absorb wrong teaching right are, are they going to compromise too much and things like that yeah so let's play that out a little bit um someone has a family member or friend okay who is in um the roman catholic church they are concerned about or mm -hmm. just have a burden for yeah um obviously because as you mentioned on saturday there can be such a close identification in terms of culture, culture roman yeah. catholicism just telling your aunt or your grandmother to not go to right. mass and it's not the bible the bible doesn't teach this that's probably not going to be super effective right what are some ways that you've seen there be real um, significant engagement with evangelicals who have a burden for their Roman Catholic friends? Yeah. Uh, first, um, as Christians, we're called to love everybody. Um, and so we're called to love our Catholic family members and friends, neighbors, colleagues. Um, if we've come out of the Roman Catholic Church, there may be a tendency towards bitterness, mm. resentment, and then you become rabidly anti-Catholic. Right. I've never seen that work. Right. Yeah. So we're called to love. We're called to pray for our Catholic family members, neighbors, colleagues. Mm -hmm. So we are to pray for them. Um, if they truly are friends, family members, we're called to walk alongside of them forever, maybe, mm -hmm. throughout our life. So uh, loving, praying for them, uh, walking alongside them, mm -hmm. being genuine Christians, mm -hmm. steeped in Scripture, steeped in a 
God-honoring, Christ-centered, gospel-preaching evangelical church, mm-hmm. right? These are really essential elements to be the right kind of person yeah. to engage with our Catholic friends and neighbors. And then, uh, you know, as that relationship develops, right, and there's opportunities, we talked on Saturday about uh, the reading groups of the gospel, yeah, invite you, them. Yeah, to, can, can you mention that just briefly again? I thought yeah, that was really significant, uh, right? Just basically just invite them to uh, read the Bible with you. So you can do that one-on-one, or what we did in Rome is we had these groups, we'd have three, four, five couples or so mm-hmm. have dinner together, and then we would read uh, uh, the text of one of the four gospels, it would be the text that these Catholics would hear at the Mass in the coming Sunday. So if we're meeting on this Thursday, right, we're looking ahead, what's the Mass reading from the Gospel on Sunday? That would become our text, and we would read it, we would reread it. It was always in a Catholic Bible, so there was never a dispute about that. And then it was, uh, let's pray, help us to understand this, uh, Lord, Uh, observation, interpretation, application, prayer. Thank you very much for coming. See you next week. Let's read and study the Bible together some more. Because again, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. We're exposing our Catholic friends, our neighbors, our family members, week in, week out, month in, month out, to the gospel of Jesus Christ from Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and they're finding out who Jesus is and what he has done for them. They're really inviting them into a process of studying the word of God together. Exactly. And I talked to... Audrey, was that? She's a junior in high school. Yeah, probably, right? yeah. Yeah, right? And so she's uh, she's very keen about this. I said, you can do this. Yeah. You could invite mm, your friends, right. your Catholic friends, and read the Bible together. Right. She's like, hmm. So <laughs> maybe just planting a seed, right? That's so, great. That's great, Greg. Your people can do that. That's great. So knowing that some of the reasons that, not all the reasons that an evangelical would move into Roman Catholicism would be bad. In fact, you mentioned some of those things on on Saturday. Yeah, you know that being drawn to the majesty, the tradition, the more just a reflective sort of posture and worship. Right. What What would you say are some things we as Protestants can really learn from the tradition of the Roman Catholic Church? Well, let's focus on that. Right. One a, a very attractive thing for evangelicals who are drifting towards Roman Catholicism is the mystery and majesty of the Mass, right? Um, they, they have found in their Protestant evangelical churches just a shallow worship experience. Mm-hmm. It's entertainment, it's performance, it's seven steps to a better life, right? right? It's just this um, entertainment kind of atmosphere. Yeah. And Not a lot of it, gravitas. There's, there is very little gravitas, mm-hmm. and if you don't have gravitas, you're not going to hold people. Right. So one lesson we learn, we develop robust evangelical churches that genuinely connect in the worship of God, preach the word of God, preach the gospel. And then a second element is usually when Protestants or evangelicals move towards Roman Catholicism, they're shepherded by a spiritual guide. It may be a priest, it may be a very strong Catholic layperson, which then it speaks to us, how are we going to work with our people in our church? We have to have robust discipleship. Absolutely. Through community groups, one-on-one mentoring, mm-hmm. small group mentoring, whatever you call it, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or various right. ways. Yep. How are we going to hold people, uh, genuine worship of God, uh, preaching of the word, and discipleship? If, if we're yep. missing any or all those elements, 
uh, and people begin to move towards Rome, I think they're they're not going to turn around. They're going to yeah. keep going that direction. Well, Greg, one of the things that you mentioned um, that really draws people in is kind of the the mystery, the majesty of the mass. Mm -hmm. And what I would like to do in our final time tomorrow is to pick up on that okay. um, with some specific questions, particularly as it relates to how we celebrate communion as Protestants. Okay. And is that okay? Can we go <laughs> there? I'll follow wherever you lead. <laughs> all right. Hey, great. Hey, hey, folks, thanks for, for being with us. As you can tell, we're just soaking all this up. This is just wonderful. Greg, thanks for being with us.